Dara Lindenbaum is a lawyer at Sandler Reef and serves as the general counsel and senior advisor to Fair Fight Action. Her practice focuses on advising nonprofit organizations, political committees, and candidates on campaign finance and political activities. She has represented candidates across the country in recounts, canvases, petition challenges, and other electoral disputes. We are so excited to have Dara today with us. Thank you so much for being here. So we just wanted to start off by asking you, for those who don't know yet, what Fair Fight is exactly and how did it come to be? How are you involved? Sure. So um, Fair Fight Action um, is a 501c4 nonprofit organization, um, and it was funded. Uh, it was founded in 2018 by Stacey Abrams um, in the wake of the absolute disastrous 2018 election in Georgia. Um, so that election really highlighted um, all the different problems that can arise in an election. Um, really, just about anything that could happen did happen there. Um, so Fair Fight Action has a number of different missions, but one of the main ones really is dedicated to promoting fair elections um, in Georgia and really around the country. So we do this in a number of different ways. Um, we bring awareness um, to the public uh, on election reform. Um, we advocate um, for um, different issues. Um, we educate voters. And then when necessary, um, we file lawsuits. And could you tell us a little bit about your specific role with Fair Fight and kind of the typical workload that a lawyer such as yourself would be responsible for? Sure. So I'm in kind of a, a weird situation here. So I work in my firm, but then I also um, spend a lot of time um, on Fair Fight and I've been working with a lot of people involved for a while. Um, so I do a lot of different things. Um, so at first I, I work with the staff to make sure that everything they do is legal and complies with a whole complex web of um, different laws. So they have campaign finance laws, tax laws, and then there's, you know, issues around election laws. So, um, you know, letting them know what some different state rules are, what are things that we should fight against. Um, and then since I've been working in and around elections um, for about 10 years um, and around voting rights, um, I also work with the staff on issue spotting and identifying problems that we see and then trying to work on ways to fix it. Um, and then when absolutely necessary, um, I work with a fantastic team of litigators um, that's led by an incredible woman named Allegra Lawrence Hardy um, to file lawsuits if needed. Yeah, so great. And um, in terms of the advocacy on raising awareness, like as it gets closer, um, what are your action plans and why is taking action so important and what can people do to make sure their vote is counted? Sure. So one of the um, most important things that we're really trying to make clear to everybody is that um, November 3rd, um, don't think of it as election day, just think of it as the last day that you can vote. Um, so you want to make sure that you have a plan and you execute your plan far in advance um, from November 3rd, if you possibly can. So you want to start and you want to make sure that you, you have a plan um, and that you know how to vote. So before that, though, you need to make sure you're registered. So in most states, you actually have to be registered to vote um, sometimes three weeks, sometimes a month um, before election day. Um, and it can be really easy um, to register. Um, one of the best ways to do it is to go to vote.org. Um, they have um, a way for you to register in all of the states. Um, and you can register that way. If you think you're already registered, um, it's also important to make sure your registration is still active and, and up to date. When you move, you need to update your registration. 
Um, if you get married and you change your name and you update your registration, it's really a good practice to always check your registration. So I usually check my registration. Well, I check it more than most people normally would since this is what I do for a living, but um, I check it pretty often just to make sure that everything makes sense. Everything has my current address. So once you're, you're registered, um, and you confirm that your registration is up to date, then you've got to figure out like how you're going to vote and what you're going to do. Um, so there are a lot of different options um, and some are better um, than others, um, depending on where people are and what they need to do. So in many places, anybody can vote by mail. If you live in um, Washington state or Oregon or a couple other states, you're going to get a vote by mail ballot automatically, which is great and makes it so much easier for you. But in many other places, if you want to vote by mail, you have to actually request um, that mail ballot. And the way to do that is you can go on to vote.org and again, they can walk you through that process. If you think you want to vote by mail, go and, and request your vote by mail ballot right now. Um, we know that there will be problems with the post office. So the earlier you can request this, the earlier you're gonna get your ballot, the earlier you can count, you, um, you can get it counted. And then if vote by mail just isn't for you um, and your state has early voting, that is the best way to do it. Um, so um, you, um, again, vote.org will tell you about all your different in-person um, options. Um, and you can find out when your early voting is and where you go um, to early vote. Um, and make sure you have a plan on when you're gonna do it. And then make sure you bring some friends when you go. Um, and you can all, you know, if there's a line, you stand in line together. Um, but again, it's really important to make your plan um, and try to avoid waiting till election day. Absolutely, and you mentioned voter registration, mm -hmm. um, but what kind of pieces of information or advice do you wanna give to people who are going to vote or yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody should vote um, and educate themselves on all the different issues that are going to be on the ballot. So again, the first thing, like the first thing that comes is, um, are you registered to vote? And you may think you are, just make sure it's not going to take you too much time. Go to vote.org vote and you can find out. Um, um, and if you're voting by mail, you want to know how you make that request. Um, and when it needs to be returned. Um, but even if you can wait to return your, your ballot, you don't want to. As soon as you know who you're voting for and you have your ballot, vote that ballot and turn it in. But you wanna know how to turn it in. So again, there are lots of different ways um, for all mail ballots, you can mail them in. Um, but in many places they have drop boxes that make it even easier. So you can um, find out where your drop box is and just drop your ballot in and you're done. Um, and then if you're gonna vote in person, you're gonna wanna know what the hours are um, and where the polling locations are. And if there's anything you need to bring with you, like, um, like photo ID. The final thing um, is also to remember that while the presidential race is making um, you know, a lot of headlines, there are a lot of other really important races on the ballot, um, not just federal races, but also like state and local races um, that really are gonna make a difference in, in your lives, especially as the census is coming up. Um, so educate yourself. You can usually go online to your different county um, elections office and get a sample ballot, see who's on the ballot and do some research for yourself. Um, and figure out you know, whose platform you agree with and, and who you wanna vote for. The one thing I'd caution is if you are gonna vote in person, that you should make some handwritten notes because in a lot of places they don't actually allow you to use your phone um, in the polls. So we've had people who have had problems with that and they've had all of their notes on their phone, but they can't bring them in. So just make sure that you're bringing handwritten notes for yourself on who you wanna vote for um, and then you'll be all set. 
Yeah. Um, and so with Fair Fight, you know, Fair Fight has talked a lot about foreign interference and voter suppression as a threat to people's ability to elect leaders. Um, could you speak on that, um, like what it is and how it could potentially affect this 2020 presidential election? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different forms of, of voter suppression and, and how effective they can be. And, and sometimes it's with misinformation. Um, sometimes it is, um, you know, actual laws that, that make it harder for some people to vote. Um, but the voter suppression threatens everyone's ability to elect leaders that, that they, of their choice. Um, and without the ability to elect leaders of your choice, you, you don't have the representatives that reflect your values. So the most important thing when we're talking about voter suppression um, and, and misinformation and foreign interference is to not let them win. Um, so um, we, we just can't let these people who are trying to suppress the vote win. And the way that um, we win is by making a plan and voting and sticking to that plan and voting early. And also one of the things that you guys have been pushing to inspire people to take action um, with is by poll working. Um, so could you talk about kind of that and also what that process looks like and why that's important? Yeah, so what we are realizing is that one of the biggest challenges we're going to face um, this year is a lack of poll workers. And historically, poll workers are usually older, you know, above the age of 65, they're retired. Um, and um, they do it year after year. Um, uh, it's a long day often, like you're, it's a really long day working in the polls um, or just being a general election worker. Um, and with COVID, there's a really big concern that since these election workers are um, really the most at risk, that they're not gonna be able to work the elections. And we've seen that happen through all the primaries that we've had since COVID started. So. Um, Fair Fight Action and many of our partners and businesses and all these other organizations are really raising the alarm to try to um, work on this recruitment. Um, and it's it's something that, you know, even if you aren't 18, um, in most states, you could still serve as a poll worker. Um, we need people that are tech savvy to be poll workers. So usually that's kind of right up, right up um, younger people's alley. Um, and um, there are every jurisdiction has a different way to sign up. So that can be kind of hard when you're kind of thinking about, you know, how to get everybody to sign up. So there is a great um, uh, organization called Power the Polls um, that we're working with. And if you go to the Fair Fight website, you can find the links to Power the Polls. Um, and through Power the Polls, you sign up and then it'll take you directly to the next steps you need to take to be able to be a poll worker in your jurisdiction. Um, and it's really important to follow up. So just signing up, you know, I would say isn't enough. You also want to call and say, I submitted my application. When am I hearing next? What's going on? Um, and kind of really read up on um, what it is to be a poll worker. It's um, really an incredible experience for people. You get to see democracy in action. You get to meet your friends and neighbors while they're coming to vote. Um, and you get paid for it too. So this isn't just a volunteer activity. You can make a couple hundred dollars um, doing it and not just election day. So that's the other thing. Like, as I said before, um, election day is the last day to vote. Um, so they also need um, poll workers to work during early voting so you can make some more money there. And in many places, they also need election workers. So people who are processing paper um, at the, towards you know, as it gets closer to election day um, and voter registration deadlines are ending, they're getting lots and lots of 
paper. They're also getting paper vote by mail applications that need to be processed. So um, there are many places that are looking for lots of help. Um, and the best thing you can do is, again, submit an application to be a poll worker early because they need your help now. You go through lots of different trainings um, and then hopefully you kind of make a tradition of it. And every year um, you'll be one of the people that everyone looks to um, to be a poll worker. And we really bring some younger people into the fold. So um, this is really just such a crucial piece and you're going to hear it more and more. But this is how we keep um, precincts from consolidating and shutting down. This is how we, we, we keep lines from forming. Again, in, across the country during the primaries, we saw these huge lines. And many times it was because um, election administrators weren't able to recruit enough people and they had to shut down polling locations. So be part of the solution. And it's really easy and you can make money. So you can go to Power the Polls or you can just go to the Fair Fight um, website and, um, and you can get set up as a poll worker. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I know I've been, you know, as a 16 year old, I want to do whatever I can to help out. And, you know, since I can't vote. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, now that this conversation is over, it's time to take action. To support Fair Fight, check out fairfight.com. The website has links to vote.org and power the polls. Um, so you can find out some ways to sign up and apply to be a poll worker. And you can also go to headcount.org slash let's talk and you can check your voter status there as well. Um, thank you.